If Radio Free Burrito had a presenting sponsor, you know, like fancy podcasts, this is the part where I'd be like, hey, Radio Free Burrito's presenting sponsor is bagadicks.com. Uh, hey, do you need a bag of dicks? Do you need someone to eat a bag of dicks? Bagadicks.com has all the dicks you could ever want in appropriately sized bags for every one of your needs. Order now and get a free bag of dicks. <laughs> Use offer code NERDIST to save 10% on your first bag of dicks. But since I don't have a presenting sponsor, I will just say it is Tuesday, May 30th, 2017, and this is Radio Free Burrito, episode 48. Hipsters, flipsters, and finger-popping daddies. Knock me your loads. Hello, 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 and welcome uh, to a brand new episode of Radio Free Burrito. My name is Will Wheaton, and I am coming to you uh, on... Tape. I'm coming to you via the sound of my voice from the magnificent San Fernando Valley here in Southern California. That is uh, today's theme music is a track called Chambermaid by a band called Visitors, but it's V-S-T-R-S. I feel like that was probably a record that I got from Magnitude.com at some point because it's in a folder with a lot of other Magnitude recordings, but I cannot say entirely for sure. And I could just, you know, like I could speak authoritatively and tell you that is exactly where it came from, but there is a very good chance that I would be lying to you. And if there's something you have come to expect from me uh, and um, my 71-foot wiener, it's that I always tell you the truth. So it is Tuesday, as I said in the intro, and uh, I just got to tell you something right now, like from the very beginning, so that you know this for the amount of time that we spend together today. I have a headache for the ages. It just sort of like came up. I had a meeting down in Hollywood uh, at lunchtime and it was a great meeting. I met with some fun people and uh, uh, like we, we built some plans that I am excited about. Um, but somewhere between Hollywood and the Valley, this headache showed up like just out of nowhere. And uh, it kind of starts in my teeth. And, uh, then like, so the, the feet of the headache are in my teeth and, uh, then the claws of the headache reach up from behind my eyes and, uh, they poke me, uh, uh, behind my forehead right there, right behind my skull. It's great. And let me tell you something, my neighbors who I love, my, they're great neighbors. They're terrific. Um, uh, but they're like dog sitting a dog that literally never stops barking and I am ready to say a swear because every time that dog barks the headache claws stab a little harder it's super duper great so listen on today's program uh I thought that I would tell you a little bit about uh this pub trivia thing that I have been doing with my friends uh every uh every Sunday for a few weeks it's been really really fun and I thought that I would uh as promised in the last episode read you a little bit from my uh, uh speech when I presented Bill Prady with his 2017 Entertainment Industry Award from the Anti-Defamation League. It was really super great. Um, but before I get to any of that, and as a lead-in to trivia, um, I wanted to play you two songs from my friend's band. So my friends uh, Miracle and Chris have a band that is called Uke Box Heroes. I know, right? 
And uh, they are a ukulele cover band. Um, they play 80s songs on the ukulele. They also play originals. Uh, you may have seen them at Wootstock a couple of years ago uh, where they fucking killed it because they're amazing. Uh, but they have a new record out that is titled Calling All Heroes. And uh, it has a bunch of new songs, new originals on it. But it also has some delightful 80s covers on it i'm gonna and i'm going to play you one of each and then on the uh when i come back i uh i'm gonna tell you a story about uh, about how i officially have a nemesis uh like a real nemesis well a team my my I'm, i have a team that is my, you know what i'm just gonna stop talking about it because the more i talk about it the less it's going to pay off so uh here everyone um for your uh listening enjoyment this is uh ukebox heroes on uh, radio free burrito coming to you not live coming to you on a tape delay which is also not on tape hmm Turns out we need new language to describe how this works. It's Radio Free Burrito. This is Ukebox Heroes.
is Taylor Swift, totally for real, actually Taylor Swift, of the hit music Taylor Swift makes, and Will Wheaton is my favorite podcaster in the world, you're listening to Radio Free Burrito. first song from the youth box heroes was the uh, eurythmics hit here comes the rain again uh with a miracle uh handling the annie lennox vocal duties uh and then the second song is an original from their new album which is called calling all heroes and it's called i'll be gone with uh chris uh providing the, the majority of the uh, of the lyrics i mean just so beautiful right they're amazing, and uh, I want to send the uh, Burrito Army uh, into the vicinity of uh, iTunes and Amazon Music and all the places where you can buy them. Like, look, you could li- probably listen to them online in some place, but um, speaking as someone who has worked very hard to create things uh, very recently, uh, only to have it fall into... Um, some land where, uh, like for whatever reason, uh, uh, just uh, a, a really depressingly large number of people don't want to part with three to five dollars. Um, I think it would be the coolest thing in the world if we gave Miracle and Chris the burrito bump. And, uh, and you just went and, and got the record. And not just because they're my friends, not just because I believe that art should be supported, but because it is a really 
wonderful, wonderful record. Um, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful that they're my friends and they're terrific. Uh, some of you probably know Miracle's work from the, uh, Joss Whedon show Dollhouse. Um, and, uh, uh, Chris has a movie coming out, uh, with Sam Elliott. Um, it, like this, I think it's this month or next month. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a big, it's, it's a big goddamn deal. Uh, so, um, welcome back to the burrito, everyone. Uh, we play trivia every Sunday night, uh, pub trivia, um, which is, uh, which is fun and, uh, uh, a wonderful excuse for, uh, Anne and, uh, and me to get out of the house and uh and go like have uh, uh i usually have a i usually have the fish tacos um uh but sometimes the the hamburger and then we play uh we play the pub trivia and it's really fun and we're not we're not very good at it um like there are there are certain categories that were that we're very good at uh, i'll tell you one of the greatest shames of my life was when the last category was uh named 10 star trek movies and i couldn't do it because in my mind, I conflated like insurrection with like the, I don't know, like Jenner, Final, Final Frontier or something. I can't remember. Anyway, there's, listen, I love Star Trek. You know that. And I assume that a lot of you love Star Trek as well. I presume. My son Ryan is real pedantic about languages. Like, you know, when you say you assume something, you're meaning that you're actually taking on its form. And I don't think you're taking on the form of something. I'm like, okay, buddy, I get it. Fine, I'll say presume from now on. Um, I presume that, like, you know, some of you, like, we have to, listen, let's acknowledge this, okay? Not all the Star Trek movies are good. Some of them stink out loud. And I just couldn't remember what they were, and it was really embarrassing. But this last week, this, this Sunday, three days ago, uh, our team, which was called Cat's first time because our, our friend Cat came with us. Um, and, uh, and she'd never done pub trivia before. When we played on Mother's Day, our, our team name was Straight Out of Mompton. Um, right? Straight Out of Mompton? Um, which is kind of what I want our team to be all the time. Um, but, uh, we decided to name our team Cat's first time, uh, because it was, uh, as you may have figured out, Cat's first time. Anyway, there's this team. They're called Tasteful Side Boob. They're so fucking good, you guys. Like they are they're they it's it's terrifying how good they are at trivia. And like and and the 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 the, the like the, the range of knowledge. It's terrifying. They're so good. Uh and I've decided that they are my nemesis. And um like all great nemesis relationships like they don't particularly know that we even exist uh they don't really care uh we don't present much of a challenge but in my mind like for me like if i can just if we can just finish higher than tasteful side boob like i don't care if they finish seventh and we finish sixth. like i'm counting that as good as finishing first but this last week we're going into the very last round and we are tied for for second place we are behind first place by three points okay and we are we are either tied with tasteful side boob or we are just ahead of them i can't remember which which one it was but we're three points off first place the final category in pub trivia is uh uh to, to name 10 things on a particular topic. Like two weeks ago, it was uh, name 10 of the like 11 or 12 movies that are based on Saturday Night Live sketches. Uh, and, and we did all 10 of them. Uh, and uh, uh, we actually knew all of them, except one. I'd forgotten that MacGruber was the thing, but it didn't matter because we did 10 of however many there were. Um, and uh, just, you know, like parenthetically, um, uh, there are two movies that are based on uh, Saturday Night Live sketches that that were good, and they are Wayne's World and the Blues Brothers, and the rest of them are are not not they don't sustain themselves well. Uh, that is not an opinion, by the way. It is a scientific fact backed up by bullshit science, which I just invented. Uh, bullshit science is peer reviewed by my ass, and uh, it is confirmed by your mom. Uh, so suck it, haters. Um, anyhow, uh, we are on our way, right? Like, it's the last round. And the last round question is, name 10 
of the 14 teams in some fucking college football conference. Okay, so here's the thing. The only thing I like less than professional sports is college sports. Uh, I, I, I could go on and on and on about them, but the short version is the NC2A is a fucking criminal organization. They, they exploit student athletes. They, it, it's, it's a, it's a goddamn fucking scam and I hate it. And I hate that, that there is this system in place that exploits college students and, genuinely allows a lot of them to believe that they're going to have professional sports careers when they usually don't. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and also just that these athletes are, are, are performing. They're not getting a college education. That's a fucking lie. Uh, but they are performing, um, in, in, you know, for, for alumni and for, for television and, and all of this stuff. And they're not getting anything for it, except for like, you know, the, the, the teeny, 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 tiny number of them who, who go on and manage to, uh, to actually have professional sports. So anyway, so I just, I hate, I hate college sports. I can't stand it. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm useless. And I turned to my friend Kat and she's like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, none of us know. Miracle's sister came with us. Her husband came with, with us. But it turns out that Chris knows nine of the ten which is great. Nine out of 10 is really good. Except if you get all 10, you can go double or nothing on your score. And if you're right, well, you know, your score doubles. We had gone double or nothing on an earlier round and doubled up. And I don't remember what that was, but basically like we just have to keep pace with tasteful side boob because they're that good. And we've managed to keep pace with them. And anyway, in the final round, tasteful side boob, and a team called Back in Five crushed it. They both, both teams nail the 10, uh, 10 teams in whatever college football conference this is. I want to say like Big Ten or something like that. And uh, uh, they c- it comes down to a tie. They, ha- they have to do a tie. They, they, they get to a tie. And uh, they have to have a runoff for the tie. And the tie, the tiebreaker is... Oh, and by the way, we go, we get knocked down, we tie for fourth place, um, which is which is fine. Like I, I had at the, when we came in, and I was like, let's just aim for like top five, whatever. So we tied for fourth place, which is which means no prizes. But that's not why we do it anyway. I, I, every now and then, there's a team in this that takes it super duper seriously, and like we mock take it seriously. You know, like we want to do well, but generally, it's just about having fun and getting out. And 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 uh, the guy that hosts it really is is really fun, and it's just it's a really it's a good time, right? But um, every now and then, there are there are people who like they're basically like little league dads, but for adults playing pub trivia. So, uh, uh, it comes to the, the la- we we come in we tie for fourth. We're like six points out of the lead or whatever. Um, the the uh, uh, the tiebreaker question is how fast in miles per hour is the earth moving through space? And, um, Miracle's sister, uh, is married to a fellow who knows the answer. So he says whatever the answer is. I can't remember what it is. Um, and, uh, the, like quietly to our table and both other teams, tasteful side boob and back in five say they, they turn in their numbers and, uh, um, tasteful side boob doesn't win like they miss it and uh, uh back in five is close but had we been in the running we were closer we would have won the whole thing so uh uh it was then that i declared that tasteful side boob is our nemesis um and uh, uh this is probably much more interesting to me than it is to anyone else and uh it's a story that i probably could have told better if i uh, if i didn't have this 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 throbbing fucking headache, which by the way, I took, uh, I took Advil while I was playing the music and it doesn't seem to be doing any good. Maybe this is allergies. I don't know. Um, but it's really fun. Uh, this, this trivia thing that we do is really, is really a good time. And, and every time we go, Ann and I come home and we're like, man, I'm really glad that we did that. It's really fun to get out and, uh, and do things with friends. Um, so, uh, 
uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that story just kind of ran out. It just sort of ended, right? Like it's not very good. Um, God, it's hard for me not to judge myself today. Um, so anyway, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play you, uh, I'm gonna play you some more music and, uh, and then I'm going to, uh, and then I'm gonna tell you, uh, I'm gonna read this thing from when I uh, presented the thing to Bill Prady and then we're gonna be done. Uh, so, uh, it's Radio Free Burrito and, uh, this is The Killing Joke. Seventy-eight as a, a like a, a first wave British punk band. 
Um, and then over the next several years, they developed into sort of a post-punk new wave band. That song is uh, Love Like Blood off of their 1986 album, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. Uh, they're really well known for their, their, uh, their top 10 hit 80s, um, which is okay, but I, I feel like it's just sort of like it's overplayed a little bit um, and it's kind of run its run its course for me. But Love Like Blood, I could listen to forever and ever and ever. Um, and uh, it was one of the uh, one of the only songs uh, they did that got uh, a music video back when music videos um, were a thing. Um, so after, uh, I guess it wasn't after trivia. I guess it was a couple of nights ago. Um, I can't remember what Ann and I had done. We had to we had to go do a bunch of like we had to do some adulting. And then when we came home, we decided to make dinner together. And uh, oh, you know what we did? We didn't have to do adulting. We went to the Dodger game. Oh, you guys. A story about the Dodger game. Uh, Chris Hardwick was invited by Major League Baseball to go to the Dodger game to do a thing with MLB.com. And I did it a couple of years ago, and it was really fun, um, where you sit down and talk about baseball and kind of talk about your career. And and uh, and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a really good time. And Chris texted me, and he was like, hey, do you want to go to the Dodger game on Saturday? And uh, I have not been to a Dodger game in a number of years. Um, uh, so uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. It'll be really super fun. I didn't realize that he was doing this thing that I had done before and that I was going to get to see a lot of the people that were there when I had done it before and so on and so forth. But uh, it, was, uh, it was great. So I brought in. And we, uh, we walk into this suite at Dodger Stadium, and I see this crew that I knew from before and said hello to everybody. And then uh, Sam Levine uh, was there. Uh, he's an actor uh, whose work you definitely know. And then there's another guy there whose name I can't remember, but he's a big, big, big deal. The damn kids today love this guy. He is in the new Mummy movie, and, I, and he's on like a big deal TV show that I don't pay attention to. Not, that's not a judgment on the show. It's just because I'm, you know, I'm lame and don't pay attention to things. Um, he was a nice guy and James Vanderbeek was there with his son who was a goddamn delight. Um, so anyway, this is, this is what's super funny about this. Like Chris just doesn't sports at all. Um, like I said earlier that the only thing I like less than sports is college sports, you know, but there's, there are, there are two things in sports that I, that I really like. I obviously I love, uh, I love ice hockey. Um, but, uh, but I also, I enjoy baseball and Dodger baseball has been like a big part of my life, uh, for reasons that, that probably deserve their own show if I ever decide to do that. Um, but, uh, I just haven't been to, to a game in person in a really long time. And, uh, uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. So we went. But Chris doesn't sports like he does not sports at all. There is nothing in professional sports that Chris likes. He just he doesn't get it. He doesn't enjoy it, um, which is totally fine. But his mom loves, loves going to the Dodgers. So he said yes to this thing so that Nerdist mom could go and then was like, oh, hey, do you and Ann want to come? So we went. It was really great. So we're sitting there and, and all that. And uh, we were posting our, our silly pictures on Instagram and, 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 and Twitter and whatnot. And uh, these uh, and people were like, wow, you talked Chris into going to a, to a Dodger game, which I thought was really funny because I know actually he brought me as, as you know, because he knew that I would like it. Okay, so I have been going to games at Dodger Stadium since I was like four years old. Like I cannot remember a time in my life when I didn't go to Dodger games with my family. The Dodgers and my dad's family uh, have a history that is uh, super inter, inter, like it is intertwined. Like it, like they're that one of the reasons Dodger stadium is where it is, has to do with my great grandmother. And it's a long story. It's a cool story, but I'm going to save it for its own show because if I do this every week, I'm going to need things to talk about. So if that is a thing that you're interested in hearing about, if you're interested in hearing about the sordid history of, of, uh, of, of uh, uh, the Los Angeles Wheatons, um, uh, mention that to me in the comments uh, and I'll remember next week when I, do, when I do the show and we'll talk about it. Um, but anyway, I've been going forever. When I was a little kid and I would go, people would have radios on their laps, um, like these, these, like, like 
radios that that were about the size of like a laptop computer and they they took like 12 d cell batteries to operate and stuff but everybody in dodger stadium had them and i guess that was a normal thing in a lot of different uh stadiums um at that time that people would take radios to listen to the broadcaster and vin scully was the voice of the dodgers and i just heard his voice everywhere because so many people had radios that you would hear vin scully Everywhere. He was just in the air at Dodger Stadium. And for the longest time, I just thought that baseball had a voice and it was Vin Scully's voice and you would hear it when you were at Dodger Stadium. And I didn't, you know, I didn't put it all together until much later. Um, so like uh, the only time that I have not paid any attention to the Dodgers at all was in 1988 when they went to the World Series because I was being a teenager and um, I had like decided that I wasn't going to like anything that my parents liked because that's a, a dumb thing teenagers do. And uh, I could have been at that game where Kurt Gibson hit that walk-off home run and I wasn't at it. And anyway, um, there's a lesson in that for the young people out there. And uh, I will let you put it together yourself because if you are capable of putting it together yourself, then you would be able to heed the lesson. So um, I, uh, uh, I've been going forever. I, 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 I love, I love the stadium. I love the Dodgers. Um, it is close to the seventh inning, I guess. Uh, and I just get up to go to the bathroom. While I am in the bathroom, Hardwick, who does not have a fuck to give about baseball, is on the Diamond Division screen. They put him on the Diamond Division screen. And I was sitting next to him 30 seconds before that happened. I could have been on the Diamond Vision. Like not, you know, I wouldn't have gotten on there by any merit of my own, but like I could have been there as the B-side of Chris Hardwick. And they put him on the Diamond Vision and not me, and I missed it. And I was so bummed. And then Chris and I just had all kinds of fun with that the rest of the night, Um sending messages to each other on Twitter about how uh, uh, he didn't care and I cared a lot. He got to throw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium once, um, which is something I'll never get to do. Um, but it's just funny to me. And and uh, uh, it, was, it was a fun game. The Dodgers wrecked the Cubs in the first few innings. Uh, Lackey just owned the Dodgers, and then the Cubs left him in for an inning too long. And in, like, the fifth inning, the Dodgers just lit him up for, like, either three or five runs. I can't remember. And, uh, and, and, then, uh, and, and then, then the Dodgers' bullpen, which is as good as it's been in my lifetime, just shut the Cubs down. It was, it was a fun game. Um, and as of today, they're a half a game out of first place in the division, which is exciting. Anyway, Anne and I came home from that game and we were like, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to make dinner together. So this is a thing that we do. Like um, we get the Blue Apron and I, I really like it. And um, uh, like I like Blue Apron enough that I could theoretically have Blue Apron as a sponsor on my things and it would all be 100% <laughs> legitimate. It wouldn't be like, like if I take a sponsor for a thing, it's because I think it's cool. But like if I took a sponsorship from Blue Apron, it would be like because I legitimately use it <laughs> three times a week. Um, and uh, and I can't remember what we made, but it was really tasty. And uh, I recently uh, bought myself a turntable because I had given my my techniques 1200s away to a friend of mine who's a DJ. And uh, uh, I just haven't had a decent turntable for a really long time. And uh, I decided I wanted a turntable. So uh, I, I, I bought myself a, turn, a nice turntable as a present. And... Uh, it was really neat, you guys. We sat uh, sat there, you know, our kitchen and our living room are basically one room. I guess they call it a great room. And we made dinner together while we listened to records. So um, I, I went to the record store and, and I bought used. I bought uh, Journey Escape, um, Missing, Person, Missing Persons album, uh, uh, Session M, and uh, uh, Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures. And while we made dinner, Ann and I just listened to records together. And it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, like, sitting in a room and listening to music is a thing that people still do. When I was a, when I was a kid, that was a thing that we did. We listened to records. And then we listened to CDs. And uh, uh, by the time MP3s were a thing, I'd kind of grown to an age where we didn't really do that. But my friends and I would just sit, you know, we would just sit around and we would like listen to records and we would read the liner notes and we would like, uh, we would, you know, talk about things kids talk about or whatever. But there's something, 
there's something really wonderful about listening to um, listening to records together that that I I really really liked, and um, I had forgotten how much that Missing Persons album holds up. Like it's really 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 good. Uh, like you could almost just like like you could just make that album their greatest hits album. Um, uh, it's, it's that great. Um, but while I, we were listening to that record, I was like, you know, I haven't listened to the killing joke in a long time. And that's why I played the killing joke for you. It's a long way to go. You guys, that is a 10 minute story to get to why why I played the killing joke. I don't know if I'm any good at this. I feel like I'm super bad at it. Um, here, if I was going to have a commercial, um, I would play a commercial and then I would come back and tell you a thing about, uh, this thing that I did for the, uh, for the anti-defamation league. So, um, uh, in place of, uh, in place of an actual, uh, sponsor, uh, here's a fake sponsor and, uh, and I'll be back, uh, with a little more show right after that. You're listening to Radio Free Burrito. I am your host, Will Wheaton. And, uh, next to me is that invisible ghost who comes into my office and farts when there's no one else here. Uh, we'll be right back. You can eat spaghetti, you can eat with a spoon. Oh, spaghettios. You can eat round spaghetti that'll stay on your spoon. Spaghettios, Franco American, oh oh, Spaghettios. So, have you ever noticed that Spaghettios kind of they kind of smell like barf. I didn't know this when I was a kid, but I, uh, I realized it as I got older. Um, and, uh, and my wife pointed it out to me um, that, uh, yes, as it turns out, SpaghettiOs really smell like barf. In fact, if I make that uh, uh, the horror movie that I was talking about a few, episodes, uh, a few episodes ago, and if it turns out that I actually need to use um, fake barf in, in it. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to put some SpaghettiOs on a food processor with, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of milk, maybe a little bit of orange juice, maybe a little bit of both and make it kind of chunky and gross. And I will use that, uh, to look like fake vomit. I realize that I have just completely, uh, eliminated any chance that I ever have of, of Franco American, uh, hiring me to be their, their pitch man. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think, listen, guys, it's a risk I have to take. Somebody has to stand up to big can. <laughs> somebody, somebody has to stand up to big canned pasta and it's going to be me. <laughs> oh, that's probably not as funny to you as it is to me. Thanks, headache. Okay. So check it out. Um, I got to give an award to my friend Bill Prady. Um, it was from the Anti-Defamation League, and it's called the 2017 uh, Entertainment Industry Award. And it is given to people uh, in the entertainment industry who make a difference uh, uh, and, and who support the, the things that, uh, that the Anti-Defamation League uh, works to support and uh, works to stop the things that the Anti-Defamation League works to stop. It's a, it's a big deal. And um, I was given the privilege of presenting him the award. So I was thinking about how I was going to write my introduction for him. I had about two minutes. And I thought, well, like, I don't know. Could I, I could maybe try to be, like, funny, but this is going to be a room filled with funny people. And I'm not as funny as they are. And that's super risky. And I don't want to do it. So um, I, uh, I, I just I went for, like, sincere, I guess. <laughs> so I was like, you know, sincere or whatever. That's not what I mean. Um, uh, what, what I mean is, is like, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to have an opportunity to speak to a room full of rich, powerful people. And maybe I can challenge them to do something that extends beyond this evening. Like maybe I can challenge them to use their wealth and their power to do more than like write a check. And, you know, listen, writing a check is great. And, and uh, you know, like 
doing financial support so that other people are able to do like other kinds of, of, of work is terrific. And I'm not saying that that's not noble and it's not worth doing. Okay. Um, but the reality is, you know, if you can get people fired up about something, then maybe, maybe they will do more. They'll, 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 they'll bring in a little more money or, or even more importantly, maybe you can help them think about their choices and think about their behavior. And like there were entertainment moguls in this room who made a lot of money off of uh, Trump's campaign. And, uh, you know, they made a lot of money off of uh, off of the ads that came with them basically running Trump campaign rallies uncritically and giving him, I think what somebody figured out is a little over five billion dollars of free media exposure. Um, and uh, I thought, well, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to see if I can maybe inspire them a little bit. So I talked about how Bill is real vocal, uh, even though he doesn't have to be. Uh, and I talked about how Hollywood is, uh, is an industry uh, with uh, a history that is uh, shamefully stained with the ruined lives of people who spoke out when it was unpopular to speak out. Um, and, and that people who have everything to lose have risked it all in, in pursuit of, uh, of social and economic justice. Um, and, uh, that, um, le that, that led into the following, uh, in my prepared remarks. We are right now at a moment in history that is going to be looked back upon, studied, taught and judged by future generations. Our grandchildren and their children will ask us, what did you do when fascism came to America? What did you do when the president of the United States embraced and enabled and emboldened racists, misogynists, bigots, homophobes, and anti-Semites? What did you do when that president and his party tried to take health care away from poor people so that they could give even more money to rich people? And what did you do when a group of 13 old, rich, white men wrote laws that would control women's bodies? when they wrote laws that would overwhelmingly affect poor women and women of color. What did you do? What did you do about that? What did you do personally when those who had so much did everything they could to take even more from people who had so little? They will ask us, what did you do to stop that? What did you do to fight back? What did you do with your wealth and privilege? And at this point in my remarks, the entire room like exploded into applause, which I didn't expect. Some people even stood up, which I didn't expect. Um, but I turned to where I knew there was a table of particularly powerful moguls, right? And I risked a lot to look right at them and point at their table and say, what did you do? And then I just let it hang there in the room and the room applauded again. And then I said, we are here tonight to honor a man who will be able to hold his head high and say, I did everything I could. And then they brought Bill up on stage and I gave him his award. And Bill was really funny and his, his speech was really great. And uh, when, when, when he was done and I was done, we left the stage. And um, people who I don't know, but like, you know, people who are a big deal in Hollywood started coming up to me and thanking me for what I said. And somebody from the ADL said, like, I've been here for like 13 years or something, and I've never heard a speech like that. And it was really powerful. And thank you for doing that. But then this, this, uh, 
the studio executive came over to me, like looked for me, right? Like, like walked across the room and came over to where I was, waited for me to finish talking to a person I was talking to. And then said, I just wanted to thank you for your speech. And I wanted to tell you that you made me think about things in a way that I had not thought about them before. And you have made me reconsider how I need to do things in the future. And thank you for that. And I was like, that's, I, you know, whenever something like that happens, I turn into the Chris Farley show. So I was like, that's really cool. But I was like, wow, thank you. I love that. That's really awesome. That's why I made the speech that I made. So, you know, I, I am, I am not, I don't have any illusions about like what I am capable of doing and, and, and how, how, like how long that's going to reverberate and all that stuff. But I just kept thinking of Hamilton, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to throw away my shot. And uh, who knows if anything like lasting and meaningful came out of it. But in that moment with at least one person who is a big deal in my industry, I made the kind of difference that I want to make. And I was really grateful for that. Um, So I extend this to you listeners as well. What are you going to do? Think about that. What are you going to do? Okay, you can stop answering because I can't hear you. That's not how this that's not how this works. Hey, that's the end of the show. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Thank you uh, again to all of you who take the time to leave me a comment and let you know that you exist in the audience. Um, and uh, I will be back next week with a new show. Uh, if you leave comments to remind me to talk about the things I asked you to remind me to talk about, I'll do that. If you have questions that you would like addressed, maybe I'll do a little Ask Me Anything segment uh, on next week's show. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, And uh, I just hope that uh, uh, between now and then, I hope you have a terrific series of days uh, filled with kindness, surrounded by people you love who love you back. And uh, I really hope that you will play more games. Uh, I'll be back next time. My name is Will Wheaton. You have been listening to Radio Free Burrito. And uh, that's all. Bye. Radio Free Burrito is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org. For show notes, pretty pictures, and other fun things, visit radiofreeburrito.com, where Radio Free Burrito lives on the internets. If you've come this far, perhaps you're willing to go a little farther. If you are not following me on Facebook, I'm It's Will Wheaton on the Facebook, and I'm also It's Will Wheaton on the Instagram. As a consequence of a meeting I had this morning, I will be doing more fun things in that social media space in the weeks and months to come. And if you would like to witness and share in those things, you should join those pages. And now, your fun fact of the day. Don't You Want My Love is a 1979 disco single written and produced by Paul Sabu and performed by Debbie Jacobs, along with the track Undercover Lover. Don't You Want My Love went to number six on the U.S. disco chart. Don't You Want My Love also went to number 66 on the soul chart.